Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She's Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I'm having a great Friday morning. I got my work done, like I told you. I went grocery shopping, and I'm enjoying a mimosa to celebrate. Mimosa Michelle is back. Yeah, you've earned that mimosa. And I have a kitty in my lap. So, like, could this Friday be any better? Yeah, you could not be wearing that Steelers sweatshirt. That'd oh, be a good yeah. start. I had Terrible to wear it. Job. I just could not believe when the schedule came out that this mm-hmm. is what we're going to have to deal with all the way up until the season because it's week one. <laughs> and it's going to be a stressful time on the podcast once it gets close to the season. Especially because like we're spo- you know, we're dealing with all this quarterback stuff and week one is supposed to be like the beginning of like, okay, we're finally gonna find out and now you throw the Steelers match up on top. It's not gonna be peaceful times for the pod. But like it does suck because now one of the teams have to lose. So True. That's not great for me. I'm obviously no. going to root for the Steelers. So I can't even root for the 49ers in week one, but I don't want the 49ers to have a loss in week one either. And I hate ties. So tie would not be a win-win. I, tie, I would rather lose than tie. A tie is pointless. Yeah, I kind of agree. I hate ties. I, I don't like it's that. It's just a but... waste of a game. Why do you even play? Why did you yeah. even play? But we're going to get into the entire schedule as we go along here. But before we do, I just want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. By the way, we have YouTube membership. Shout out to all of our members. I'm so blown away by the response we've gotten so far. Please, please, please keep it up. It's just $2.99 a month. You get custom uh, emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. We're going to have some custom shows for members only as well. So please sign up now. I will pick up more and more stuff as the season gets along. Did want to read a quick review. Five stars. One of my best connections to the 49ers. This is from Red Kirby. Those five stars have been earned for months now. This podcast was one of my best connections to the 49er games while in Hawaii without cable. Rob is relatable and the chemistry with Levin is the best. The May the 4th episode relating the team to Star Wars characters was great and forced me to put in this review. 49ers and 5 is my favorite content. You've earned a new set of downs in my book. See, that's why you need to be a Star Wars fan, Michelle. You could have appreciated the greatness of that episode. There should be a Harry Potter day, and I'd be all in on that. I don't know what day well, that would be, but I'm sure we can come up with something. Yeah, I just never really got into Star Wars. I, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure I would like it if I tried it. Everyone else loves it. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like I know I would most likely really love it. It's just at this point, it's too late. It's too much work to go to go watch it all. That's how I feel about Game of Thrones and Star Wars. I'm sure it's great. I just don't. I have no desire. We watched one Star Wars movie a week on Fridays with my son. He's watched them all now. So we have caught him up. Doesn't take that long. Just, you know, a little oh, bit of effort. I cannot wait to watch Harry Potter with my children. That sounds so great. My non-existent children. <laughs> right. For people that don't know, they don't exist yet. Um, they don't exist yet. But thinking about in the future, that will be so cute. It is a very cool experience. If they are as into it as you are. If they're yeah, not, if they then like you're hate on like, it. That will suck. Right. Then you're kind of like bummed. So you got to like, that's why it's been so cool. Cause my son is such a 49er fan. Like he's so into it. Every day he asked me a question like just randomly about Debo or Christian McCaffrey. So it's really, really cool. 
Um, but let's get into it, Michelle. Schedule is out. You, because of your role at NFL Network, did an amazing job of not spoiling the schedule for me. Because I know you knew. I'm sure you knew, certainly ahead of me, what the schedule was. But it is out now, and we have very different opinions on the schedule because I thought it wasn't that bad, and you disagreed. I mean, A... You have been talking about nonstop up to the schedule release, how you're so nervous about the travel and the distance they're going to have to travel. And you really hope there's some, you know, East coast games together and they can stay out there. This is pretty much the worst case scenario when it comes (laughs) to traveling right off the bat, you have to come all the way to the East coast to Pittsburgh and then you have to go all the way to LA and then you have to come. Oh, no, then you got three home games, which is nice. But then all the way back to Cleveland. And then Cleveland and Minnesota aren't close enough. We're going to stay out there. Like, I don't really think you, you're probably going to come back to San Francisco. The very next week, have to come to Minnesota. That's a lot of traveling. And then right after the bye week, like, cool, you have a bye week, but you have to travel all the way back to the East Coast, really, really far to Jacksonville. And then come back home. And then luckily you have Seattle. It's not too far. But then come back out East Coast to Philly. Come back to Seattle. It's so much traveling. Well, it is a lot of traveling. The Niners will travel the second most miles in the entire league, uh, almost 29, 30,000 miles, which is crazy because it's 25,000 miles to circle the globe at the equator. So there's that. Um, but And honestly, things- how, how far is San Francisco to Dallas? Because I know like traveling anywhere from Texas to anywhere is actually a pretty long flight. Pretty long distance. Oh, Dallas is a home game. Just kidding. Yeah. So that three home game stretch is going to be really nice, but they put it at the beginning of the season when you're not that tired yet. And that's pretty much the only time they get to stay on the West Coast for any amount of time. I still don't. Everything you're saying is true, but I still don't think it's as bad as it could have been. For example, yes, there are four early body clock games, but one of them is week one of the season. So I feel like that's not as bad. And the other one is against Jacksonville, but the Niners have the bye the week before. So it's really only like two early body clock games, in my opinion, because if if the Niners want, they could fly out to Pittsburgh days ahead of time and they could fly to Jacksonville days ahead of time because of the bye week. So that helps a little. It's not great. I agree, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, that's true. The the buys do help there a lot. I was just surprised by how much they had them traveling back and forth. And then also, like, I think getting the Steelers in week one is real brutal for you guys. I'm not even going to lie. And I, it was All so right. hard for me to keep my mouth shut when I first saw that matchup. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are the chances that that's the week one game? I was so excited for you to find out. But I I really like. When we make this bet, I feel pretty good that the Steelers are going to win this game. Do you know it's their first home game in week one since 2014? The Steelers have not played at home in week one since 2014. Yeah, it's weird how the league does that. This is the third straight year the Niners are opening on the road, and five of the last six the Niners have opened on the road. Like, come on, people. Like, I know the schedule is hard, but damn, you deserve to open up at home sometime, even if you don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Steelers, I think it was eight straight seasons without a home game. So they finally get one. But the Steelers have won on the road in week one each of the last three years. And they were expected to lose, especially last two years. They beat Cincinnati last year. But Cincinnati's coming off just going to the Super Bowl. It was like the Bengals were supposed to destroy them. Mitch Trubisky was starting. And then the year before that, they played the Bills in Buffalo won that game. We're never supposed to win that. And then the year before they played the Giants in New York, and I'm sure they were favored, but won that one. I I don't know. The Steelers can be a little tricky in week one and week one under Kyle Shanahan has not been the prettiest for the 49ers. Two and four in week one under Kyle Shanahan. Two and four in week one, nine and 10 in the month of September, 11 and 16 in the month of October. So the early portion of the schedule for the 49ers has not been kind in the Shanahan tenure. Let's just quickly get into the Steelers game. Since you mentioned it, we can get to the rest of the schedule stuff in a minute. Why are you so confident that the Steelers are going to win? How is Kenny Tiny Baby Hands Pickett going to score any points against this defense? I don't think the listen, the Steelers are never going to score many points, right? But they beat Cincy last year. I think it was 23 to 20. They beat the Bills. It was like 20 to 17. I'm making these scores up off the top of my head, but it was not high scoring <laughs> games. They're by three, like they are not high scoring games. I don't expect the Steelers to put up 30 points against the 49ers defense. It's not happening. They'll probably get to 20 
but I just think the Steelers defense How? is going to shut down the 49ers because it happens every year. The 49ers offense averages 20 points per game in week one. Oh, in the Kyle Shanahan system, because they start so damn slow. This is something we talk about all the time. <laughs> they never live up to their potential, except in that Detroit game, because they almost allowed the largest lead. They, they almost gave up the largest lead and the Detroit's defense stinks, but TJ Watt will be healthy. They're going to come out full force at home. Like that defense is going to be hard to score against. It's not going to be a high scoring game. I think it'll be literally maybe a 17 to 14 game. I don't know how the Steelers are getting 14. First of all, you've got uh, an hey, offensive 17 <laughs> jerk. You've got an offensive scheme that you hate. You're not a Matt Canada fan, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Kenny Pickett is probably if Brock Purdy starts this game, I feel comfortable in saying the Niners have the better quarterback in the game. If Trey Lance starts, that's definitely debatable, but your quarterback is not exactly, it's not Ben Roethlisberger. Why do you feel if Brock Purdy starts that he'd be the better quarterback? Yeah, last year, but we have no idea what he's going to be off his elbow injury. And if he rushes back that quickly from this elbow injury, you think he's just going to be like out there slinging the ball? I actually would think I would be more worried if it was against Trey Lance than Brock Purdy in week one. No, if we're talking like week 10, yeah, Brock Purdy would probably be better at that point. But if they rush him back for week one, I don't think that's going to look pretty at all. I don't think he's going to be ready, although it was really weird. So Kyle Shanahan just did a charity event on Wednesday, and he kind of said, like, contradictory things. He said, if if there's no setbacks, Brock will be back at training camp, which I was like, holy crap. That seems really, really fast. But also he said he was glad that they weren't playing the Eagles in week one because he wanted to have his full team there. Well, it's week one. If you're talking about not having your full team, he's the only guy that wouldn't be available in theory. So I felt like I was kind of getting mixed signals from Shanahan there. But regardless, I just I can't see how the Steelers are going to score very many points at all. Even though the 49ers are probably not going to light up the scoreboard. I don't know how the Steelers score any points. I'm not afraid of a single player on your offense. Did the Falcons not put up a ton of points against the 49ers last the year? The whole starting I'm defense was out. I'm not scared of the 49ers secondary at all. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens will do, do their job. It'll be fine. Also, it could be a defensive touchdown. TJ Watt, baby. It's going to have to be all the <laughs> time. It's going to really suck though. This is the issue. This is my biggest dilemma. If Trey Lance gets the start, I cannot root against Trey Lance because he doesn't have <laughs> right. many opportunities. Like if he sucks against the Steelers, that's like, that could be it for his career. It could be like uh, Sam Darnold time or, or rushing back Brock Purdy. So like, I literally, if Trey Lance is starting, I I'm going to have to root for Trey Lance to light it up and the Steelers to still win. And that's going to be a, like, that's not going to happen because like I said, the Steelers aren't going to score many points. So that's going, this is just a, this is a stupid game for me. This isn't fair. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of conflicting emotions. The good news is if if Trey starts and he can somehow, you know, either win the game or just play decently well against Pittsburgh, he does have a bit of a soft landing to start the year, right? Because then you're at the Rams, which is basically a home game for the 49ers. Then you have the home opener on Thursday night football against the Giants. And then you have the Cardinals in week four. So that's a three-game stretch against some defenses that do not exactly keep you up at night. So if Trey can just look decent against a very, very, very good Steelers defense, there is an opportunity there for him to sort of have a nice little runway before you have to face the Cowboys defense in week five. And I, I do think if we get to week four, do you really bring back Brock Purdy to play against the Cowboys defense in week five? Like, I don't, I wouldn't want that to be his first game having that much pressure. Like uh, that just seems like, okay, we don't want to throw him into that. Because I also you don't want yep. to get him re-injured either. So I do think if you get all the way to week four, he probably doesn't come back till week six against the Browns. Well, that's the crazy part is that there's not really I would say the best spot for Brock to come back would be week four, because especially with the Giants game on Thursday yeah. night football, that's like a, a mini bye week that Brock can have extra practice with the team and all that stuff. But you're right. You don't want to throw him in against the Cowboys defense, which he did not look great against in the playoffs last year. The Browns defense and Miles Garrett, like, I don't love that as a return, but there's not really a great spot. You've got the Vikings on Monday Night Football, Cincinnati in week eight. It's, it's, I feel like if it's not the Cardinal game, 
then just keep them out till the bye, you know? And then if you want to have them come back after the bye, then you'll, that's fine. But I don't love any of the landing spots other than Arizona in week four. If I had to make a bet, I think it's more likely we don't see Brock Purdy till after the bye than we see him in the first week. Ooh. I wonder if you can make that bet somewhere. That's a fascinating bet. Over under on Brock Purdy. Ooh, man. But honestly, if so let's say the 49ers beat the Steelers, which I, I still think it's a coin flip. I just think it's a hard matchup in week one. I do. I think. Uh, it's a difficult matchup and you're not giving it enough credit, but say they beat the steel. They could easily go four and out. I mean, those first four games, there is no reason the 49ers lose to the Rams or the giants or the Cardinals. And honestly, they, well, they always beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. I, I don't think they beat the Cowboys in the regular season since 2014. I don't know how many times they've played them, but so we'll, we'll see about that. It might be a little bit of a tougher game, but they still should beat them too, but there's no reason they are not at least three and one, and that would be if they lost to the Steelers, but they could very easily be four and oh. It's a it'd be a great way to start the year. But like we've said, Kyle Shannon, they usually do struggle. Um, but it would be nice. Like it's set up for them to have a nice start to the to the year. And like, wouldn't that be just make it so much easier too? Because it's like, all right, you start the year four and one. If you want to make a quarterback change, okay. Cause they could easily be four and one without the quarterback doing anything spectacular. Or if they're four and one and, and Trey is, is balling out, then great. Maybe you want to stick with Trey, whatever. But like if they get off to a slow start, then you've got the whole quarterback decision. Like it, it all kind of could snowball very, very quickly on the Niners and end up, we could be sitting here week nine, 10, 11, being like, how the hell do we get here? I'm just worried whatever quarterback that has to play against the Steelers, they could have like a Joe Burrow game or a Josh Allen game the last two years in week one, like it hasn't been pretty for those guys. And they're the best quarterbacks in the league. The Steelers yep. week one, that defense is healthy and they ball out. Mm-hmm. And what I think Burrow had five turnovers. It was at least four. I think he had five. Like Trey Lance, if he does that, he's done, right? His career's done. <laughs> I feel like I certainly the discourse would be, see, I, see, yes. he's not yeah, like I'm not saying, I'm not saying in my opinion, it would be done, but like everyone wants to write him off already. If he ends up coming out in week one and just like turning the ball over left and right, his, mm-hmm. his career could be over real fast. And think about like what actually is going to happen here. He's coming off an injury that required two surgeries to fix. He's been rehabbing all off season. He hasn't played a game, a full game, since week one of last year. He hasn't played two games in a row since 2019. Like, he has not played. So then he's got the Steelers in week one. Like, are you expecting to just light it up against the Steelers? Like, that's a very, very tall order. Made even worse, Michelle, by the fact that Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday night that this is the best Trey Lance has ever looked with the 49ers. Which is like, finally, thank you for saying something nice. Well, I think that they're just trying to pump up his trade value to get rid of him. But like, you're also putting a ton of pressure on this kid who just simply literally has not played football consistently in four years. But now that the draft is over, I'm not really quite sure which team would be trading for him because the Titans would have been the top pick, but they drafted Will Levis. So I don't really know where Trey Lance would even go at this point, unless there's a huge injury. Right. That would be the thing. There could be an injury or they could be willing to just, maybe they're willing to just take whatever they can get for him. I just, yeah, that's just my keep position. Up, I, because it, nobody wants to watch Sam Darnold. Just, just keep him. <laughs> right. But I, I, I did want to keep talking about why I think this schedule is a little brutal for the 49ers. Like kind of dig into it a little bit more. Next up, they have four games against teams coming off their bye week. So opponents coming off their bye week, four of them, which is tied for the most in the NFL this season. The Rams also have four games, but then nobody else besides the Rams and the 49ers have two such games. But to really put this number into perspective here, the 49ers have only had four such games, actually three such games over the last four years. So from 2019 to 2022 combined, they've had three games against opponents that were coming off their bye. And now in this one single season, they have four of them. I do think that's a little mean of the schedulers. Like that's like, okay, what the (laughs) hell happened? What the hell happened that there was three total games spread out of four years. And now we have four of those games in one season. That seems like quite a lot. Right. So those four games are the Browns, 
in week six, Cincinnati in week eight, the Jags in week 10, and the Cardinals in week 15. Now, the good news is the Niners will also be coming off their bye week when they play against the Jags. So that helps a little bit. It's definitely not an ideal situation, but I'm glad one of those games is against the Cardinals because they could have eight weeks to prepare and they're just, they're not on the same level with the 49ers. So that would, if I could pick one of the teams where that would be the case, Arizona would be there with a bullet. So that helps a little. Again, I'm trying to look at the bright side, right? Like it's not as bad as it could have been, but yeah, you're, you're totally right when you say like, damn, you're not doing us any favors. And three of them are away games too. So it's like those teams get to stay right. home on their bye and they don't even have to travel. Uh, but I, I will say the 49ers, like I said, they've had three of these games since 2019. They've been fantastic in these matchups. Like these opponents coming off the bye has not mattered in the slightest, maybe even hurt them, honestly, because the 49ers came out of those three games, three and oh, and listen, they beat the Panthers 51 to 13 in week <laughs> eight, 2019. They beat the Packers. 37 to eight in week 12, 2019, they beat the Rams 31 to 14 in week eight, 2022. That's an average of a plus 28 point differential over those three games, which is the highest in the NFL in such games by far, far. The next closest is the Buccaneers with an average of plus 15.8 point differential uh, against teams coming off their bye since 2019. So like, this isn't really a worry as much as it's just like, it seems a little unfair in the scheduling, but like the 49ers have shown it doesn't really matter. But to a lot of teams, it does matter, right? Coming off the bye, you're supposed to be refreshed. You're supposed to be more prepared. So it does seem like it should be an advantage, even though it hasn't been if you're playing against the 49ers. I did not know some of those numbers. That is awesome work by you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Luckily. There are some things that I like giants Thursday night football week three. So you get a mini buy early in the year, which may be a good time for a quarterback change may not, but a mini buy is always good. Then you get the week nine buy, which is, you know, not horribly early, kind of in the middle of the season. I like that. And then you play on Thanksgiving against the Seahawks. You get a mini buy before you face the Eagles, which by the way, Michelle, have you looked at the Eagles schedule? I have not, but they have the hardest okay. schedule in the NFL. Listen well, the to this stretch schedule. for the Eagles. So they go Cowboys in week nine. Then they have a bye. Then they're in Kansas City, home against Buffalo, home against the Niners, in Dallas, in Seattle. That's their stretch. So they are going to be, by the time they play the 49ers, coming off two games against Buffalo and Kansas City, like they are going to be in some absolute battles and then they're going to have to play the 49ers. Whereas the Niners are coming off a bye week uh, or a mini bye, I should say against the Seahawks. So it's but not, not again, even it's just not a, that, like you, you stopped at Dallas, but before that they're going to be at Washington. I'm not saying that's a hard game, but it's a divisional game away. Yep. And the, you know, they always stay in it. Then Miami, we always forget, like they're a pretty tough team all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then at New York before that with now Aaron Rodgers in a very tough defense. So that's a very hard stretch. And by the time they finally get to that 49ers game, they could be pretty wiped out. And honestly, like for their purposes, the game against Dallas in week 14, the next week on Sunday night football might mean a lot more. Cause that could be battling for the division too. So like, in ter- again, in terms of having to play the Eagles, yeah, that stinks. But given where the Niners are in the schedule, like it's not as bad as it could have been. And so I, I'm trying to, again, I'm, I'm looking at the bright side here, looking for the silver lining. 
what is weird is that the 49ers also are like if you just look at it this way, the 49ers play seven straight games versus 2022 playoff teams from week mm-hmm. seven through 14. So you would think leading up to week 13, like, oh man, like we could be really tired as well because of all these playoff teams, but it just doesn't seem as crazy as the Eagles schedule when you see like, okay, yeah, Minnesota, but like, they're not really scary since he's a hard team, but like then Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, no, because Tom Brady's gone. And the two of them are against Seattle. It's like, yeah. So it's like, it's not the same as when you're going through it with the Eagles. Yeah, they were playoff teams last year, but they're not like the scary playoff teams. <laughs> and also Besides don't forget, the, the playoff field, half the playoff field turns over every year. There's always yeah. teams that, you know, that that stat that they love to throw out that, you know, at least four teams that made the playoffs one year didn't make it the next. And so like, yeah, it might look, daunting at first you're playing playoff teams from last year but a lot of those teams are going to stink this year so it's not as scary as it looks um from the what does think about the eagles being so late in the season a i'm shocked they didn't put it prime time like how is me this game too prime time nobody knows but also week 13 that just seems like such a week where one of the teams is going to be or maybe both dealing with a lot of injuries like week 13 just feels like one of those like we are banged up you're going to be missing. You're definitely going to be missing at least a key player too. And it would just be nice to get to see them at full strength. That's why it would have been nice to have them in the beginning of the season, which is kind of shitty of Kyle Shanahan to be like, Oh, I want our team at full strength. That, that just means the only person you're talking about is a quarterback. And that means you have zero belief in Trey Lance and you don't think of him as your future quarterback in the slightest. If you're saying, Oh, I wouldn't want to play the Eagles. Cause we're not going to have our full team. That's just, you're just saying, because I'm going to have Trey Lance instead of Brock Purdy, that's, or Sam Darnold instead of Brock Purdy. That is the only thing you're saying, because who else do you expect to be injured? Right. That's, and you certainly have a better chance of everybody being healthy week one than you would by week 13. So that's why I say like, they can talk about Trey all they want and pump him up and say, we think he's going to be good. This, that, and the other thing. They don't really believe it. I don't think that they really believe it. Um, but the week 13 game is going to be super fun. I am agreeing with you. I'm stunned it wasn't in prime time. Like Fox must have fought so hard to get, they must have said, we got screwed last year because we didn't get that game in the playoffs because they, they ran out of quarterbacks. So you're damn well giving us that game this year. That must have been the battle. And I mean, potentially could be flexed, but I'm sure Fox would flip their shit if they tried to flex it at that point. Oh, yeah, that could be flexed. That should be. If everyone, yeah. uh, if the two teams are doing what they should be doing, that's true. I was just, there's a, there was a lot of question marks in this. I actually, I love the opener. We can talk about that in a second, but weren't you shocked that the chiefs are playing the dolphins in uh, Germany or London? I, I think it's Germany. Like they took Tyree kill coming back to arrowhead away. That would have been the easiest sold out game of all time or for the chiefs. Like so easy. I'm sure they're going to sell it anyways, whenever they're home. But then also like the excitement that would have came from that and playing Tyreek Hill in that stadium. I'm just shocked that that game they put overseas. Like, it's like, oh, okay. At 930 in the morning for Eastern, like even earlier than that for other folks. It's just like, meh, why? I can say this because I don't work for the NFL or for anyone affiliated with the NFL. And I get why they're doing it. I hate the international games. I hate it. It's good for the fans there. I get that. I get everything about why they're doing that. Selfishly, from my perspective, I hate the international games. They just feel differently. There's It has a different energy. There's not that hatred that you would get if it was played in one team's stadium or the other team's stadium. It disrupts the whole team chemistry and the travel and all that stuff. I hate the international games. I'm so glad that the 49ers do not have one this year. And you're right. It does change the feel of that Dolphins-Chiefs game, and that stinks because those are the storylines that we love. You just can't also be as into a football game when you have to wake up at 830 in the morning and watch it. It's like (laughs) I'm drinking my coffee and trying to wake up and on a Sunday and like it's just too early. It's and you're right. The whole thing feels different and normally starts pretty slow, too. It's just yeah, I'm not a big fan of the international games. I'm looking really quickly at that week 13 schedule to see if there's any other options that Fox would want. If they did decide to flex Niners Eagles to prime time, I got to tell you, it's not looking good. I don't think there's any other options that week. The best matchup I'm seeing is like, oh, I don't need Detroit, New Orleans. 
Chargers Patriots. Like, there's no really good options. Colts Titans, Steelers like, play that week. The Steelers play Arizona. You ain't putting that in okay. prime time. <laughs> so there's just no good. That that game is staying at Fox. That is not going anywhere. I saw a good breakdown, by the way. Let's see if I can bring it up. Somebody tweeted out. Okay, here it is. I think it was Scott Hansen tweeted out just the um, breakdown of games at one or 10 a.m. Pacific time and games at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And like many times during the year, there's only three games in the late window, at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. There's only three games. I hate that. We don't need to have nine games in the early window. Like you can split it up a little more. Yeah, I don't like that either. I didn't even know that. Poor Scott Hansen. That makes way too much work for the early games and then <laughs> <laughs> and then right, only three of... games. But also what stinks about the, so the 49ers often play at 325 my time. That's when I'm mm-hmm. like the busiest because the, the earlier games just ended. So during that Eagles 49ers game, I'm going to have to be working while watching it like so hard, like intensely working. And that just sucks too. Can they just like move that, move it to a different time? But week one, baby, I could be all in, all in. I'm going to be texting you nonstop. I know you are. I know. Oh, God. It's going to be weird. It's so far away. We're already getting so excited and it's uh, four months away. We got to figure out what the bet for that game is going to be. If you have a suggestion, drop it in the in your review on Apple Pods about what we should bet. We're not doing mayonnaise. I can't do mayonnaise again, which, by the way, you still owe us a mayonnaise. Don't think I I forgot about that. I need to go buy mayo. When Uh I go, yeah, I need to go buy it. But uh, I, but, I think definitely you'll have to wear a t-shirt on the podcast all week, a Steelers t-shirt, but something definitely bigger than that as well. But that's just the okay. start. Yeah. All right. But yeah, but see if the Niners win, you don't well, have yeah, that can't be mine because I'm, I'm excited to wear 49er stuff. So yeah, well, don't worry. We'll get some homage. I'll get an homage. Are you guys, t-shirt. are you and Levin going to go to the game? I don't know. Somebody just offered us tickets to a Niners oh, I know. Game. I heard, uh, I, Michelle wasn't offered. It's fine. Just Levin. No, she instead. wasn't. No. That's a shame. That's a damn shame. I was shame. mentioned in the review for my delightfulness, but then just Levin and stats. Yep. Just not quite delightful enough, apparently. Um, but I do really want to get out to a game. I don't know if it, we're going to try to get out to one. Um, depends on my job situation, job slash financial situation. Game, if you were there, I am going to be so sad because there's no chance I can go. It's week one. Like I can't be like, yeah. hey, hey guys, <laughs> right. I'm not going to work week one. That's never going to fly. I did want to ask you though, what is your feelings on the 49ers playing both Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day? That's and a New lot Year's of, Eve. Like, that's a lot of stressfulness so, when it comes to the family. Luckily, they're late yes. games. Here's the thing. This is the one time where being a Niners fan on the East Coast helps me. Because yes, they play on Thanksgiving Day and yes, they play on Christmas Day, but the games don't start until 8.30. All the family stuff could be wrapped up by then. My kids got to be in bed. So I kind of escape that. But they also play on October 23rd for the second straight year, Michelle. And that is a killer for me because that is my wife's birthday and my son's birthday. So that is a double whammy where I, last year they played the Chiefs on that day. Now they're playing, I think it's, who is it? The Vikings um, at night. It's a Monday. That's right. So at least again, it's at night. So that helps, but man, they are really trying to, you know, cause problems in the Guerrero household. You got to begin your family negotiations now. Like you have to start, right? You know, it's a big stinger. The what? Texans play the Steelers at home the day before my birthday. So the Steelers are in town the day before my birthday and I'm not going to be able to go because it's a one o'clock game and I got to work, but they're here. They're like right here. And I could just drive 30 minutes away, get to go see my Steelers kill up on the Texans. And I would get to see like, (laughs) like it would be so fun. And it's the day before my birthday. Somehow they're always wherever I live. That is where they come play. And it's always on the weekend of my birthday. It is so weird. It happened every time with the Browns, which I guess there's more of a likelihood of that happening, but it was just, uh, yeah, I'm just sad now. I'm just going to want to go watch it. I just, you know, you, you yeah, need to, to go to a game. St- yeah, you have the opportunity. So go to the game. 
Yeah. So what do you do? I feel like if you're a guy or someone who watches these games like religiously and you shut everything else in your life down, how do you adjust now with games on Thanksgiving and Christmas? You have to go to your family now, right? And say, look, we just got the schedule. Here's the situation. What can we do about it? Right? That's their only out. You can't spring this like the week before be like, oh, by the way, Niners are playing. So tell the kids to open up their presents somewhere else. Did you tell your wife yet? Yes. Oh, immediately. Okay. Immediately. But what, then she was like, what was her reaction? So by now she's kind of, her first question was, when do they start? And so I was like, oh, they started at 830. And she was like, oh, okay, no problem. I was like, Phew. but she doesn't know about the, the birthday game yet. My life is super easy because my wife loves the NFL just as much as I do. So that's what we right. want to do. I like my life is super. And then I can also like with my family, I'm like, well, I got to work it. Even if I don't, you know, even if I don't have to work it, they don't know. <laughs> I have to work it. Those no matter what it is. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know if I don't have to work that game. Uh, but yeah, so now I have a built-in excuse and then I never have to lie to my wife cause she wants to watch it too. I, right. I lived a good life, but yeah, a lot of men are married to either men or women that don't love NFL as much as they do. And I feel mm -hmm. for you, if you have to figure that out and if your team plays on like during the day on things or especially Christmas day, because that one, like, I feel like a lot of family members are cool with having football in the background on Thanksgiving. Like that's just like a tradition and you're used to that. But, you know, talking to trying to get some football on the background on Christmas Day with some really religious families could be impossible and they would like hate you for it. Yeah, I agree. Thanksgiving, somehow it's like more acceptable on Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving's not um, a religious day. True. It's just about giving thanks. And I'm thankful for football. Like, you know, Christmas, Amen. I can see. I could see people being like, no, we're not watching football on this day. I would never think that way, but I could see that happening and appreciate or, you know, understand, not appreciate, understand that logic. It will be the potential, though, if the Niners win all those games, like that's a hell of a day, right? You have your Thanksgiving dinner, you see the family, everybody's, you know, hopefully happy and healthy, and then your team plays and they win. Then you're like, okay, like that is a beautiful capper to the day. I don't know what people are going to do in the Pacific time zone. Cause you're in, it's totally different to have it start at eight o'clock for me. Like everything's over. That's fine. Yeah. By the time the 49ers play it are to be seven here. So it'll be over as well. Right. I'm going to be working the Pacific all day time anyway. zone. <laughs> I don't know. That is rough. The nice but, thing yeah, too. How but... did, how did all these games land on Christmas two years in a row? Because be I had a Christmas. Christmas was on a Sunday last year. And so they moved all the games to Christmas Eve. My, yeah. My family's not going to be happy about me having to work Christmas. I guess I got to slide that in <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. It's dicey, but ultimately I still think the schedule is works out as well as it could have worked. Oh, this was the other thing I wanted to mention to you, Michelle. Apparently the 49ers may have decided to skip their whole, like stay in the Eastern time zone thing. Tim Kawakami wrote that there was a lot of kind of huffing and puffing internally with the 49ers last year when they did that because they've done it a lot in recent years. So it's possible he said that they went to the league and said, don't do that to us anymore because we're not going to stay over. And so that's why their travel is as spread out as it is. So maybe so they, they look at it that. as a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. But I wouldn't want to stay out there for two weeks. Like that messes with your whole routine. You're not home. You don't see your family. Uh, it, it's just too long. And then it, it messes with your whole routine leading up to games. I wouldn't personally like that. I understand why they do it, but I would rather travel back, be at my house, see my family, do the normal routine, be at the practice facility that you're used to than staying somewhere random for a week. And they're one in four when they return from that East coast swing, when they stay out there. So you know, as well as they might have done in those games, they still pay for it on the back. end. Like there is no escaping the effect that that travel schedule has on you. You either pay it at the beginning or you pay it at the end, but the bill comes due and the 49ers have felt that on their return trip from those. So maybe they just figured, you know what, if we're, if we're still feeling the effects and it's ticking off the team, like, what are we doing? And it costs a lot yeah. of money too. It costs Jed York a lot of money to put the team up. So. 
Well, hopefully they don't feel the effects this year because they'll be losing a lot of games because they have <laughs> to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like we said, crossing 36 time zones, traveling almost 30,000 miles, second most in the league. Although, to be honest, like some of that they should be used to at this point. Like they didn't just arrive in San Francisco. They've been playing there for many years, so they kind of understand there a lot in life. But does your feeling on the win total change now that you know the exact order and layout of the games? Because I believe it's at 11 and a half. Well, I think I always said I'd go under, right? 11 and a half mm-hmm. felt too high for me when it comes to not knowing who the quarterback is at all. I I could see them winning 11. That's the issue. Like it's close. I don't even want to touch it. Uh, but I will probably stick with 10, 10 wins, 10 and seven, 11 and six. That feels good. But there's nothing that really, like, I do think the schedulers weren't the friendliest to the 49ers, but there's nothing. I'm like, I don't think that they can overcome. And the schedule just seems kind of like, the opponents seem very soft overall. Some. Like there are two games here that I would be like, ooh, that's a little scary. And it's the Bengals and the Eagles. Yeah, I don't love the Ravens game. The Ravens scare me more than the Cowboys. Yeah, the Ravens actually, the Ravens, the Ravens in the regular season always play tough. Always. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When we talked about when the win totals came out and I was so excited because that's another one of my favorite days, I said that whether or not you bet the Niners over under might depend on what happens with Lamar Jackson because we didn't know if he was going to be on the Ravens at that point. Well, now we know he's going to be there. And oh, by the way, they're loading up at wide receiver. So like that, from that perspective, it's probably gone as bad as it could have gone for the 49ers. Now, Lamar could be injured by that point because it's week 16. We don't know. But that it was like the hinge for me on whether or not I bet the over or the under DraftKings, by the way, is still very high on the 49ers. Do you know that San Francisco is favored in every game this year, except one besides the Eagles. That's the only one. And they're, I yeah. think they're two and a half point underdogs to the Eagles in Philly, which is yeah, also so a credit say, to how good. If they were home, that means they would be favored. Right. Right. So it's like, DraftKings still thinks the Niners are going to be pretty damn good, even though they don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Even favored over your precious Steelers in week one, Michelle. By how much? I don't know, actually. I think it was two and a half or three. It wasn't by that Whatever much. it is, you guys, I'm telling you right now, take it now. Smash that smash that uh, line for the Steelers. Either you could take the points You're taking if you the want, points. Or you could just take It's probably the, going to be a close game, so... I could understand if you just say, oh, now it's, it's going to be, be a close, close game. game before you weren't worried at all. And now it's going to be a close game. No, I know. No, I never said it was going to be easy, but I just said, I don't know how the hell the Steelers are going to score. And we're going to have Jake Moody kicking 65 yard field goals in Heinz field, left, right, and center. Cause Kyle's going to be too exactly scared to go for you, it. You just jinxed it so bad. This is exactly what's going to happen. Oh my goodness. This is exactly what's going to happen. Jake Moody, the rookie in week one is going to have to come out and kick a field goal in Heinz field. The hardest place to kick a field goal. Very difficult to kick there. Yeah. And even in September, it's still going to be hard. It's going to be windy right on the water, right on that river. And he's going to shank it so bad as a rookie trying to win the game. (laughs) It's going to be 17 to 16. All he has to do is hit this field goal. And it's like a 48 yarder. That's all he has to do. He wins. He's going to shank it and it's going to just ruin his whole career. I'm calling it right now. It's going to get in his head. Career done. Well, that that's like the worst possible start for the Niners, right? Trey Lance starts, doesn't play well. They're really having trouble scoring points. They're right there at the end, especially if like, let's say it's like third and five, third and six in field goal range. And Trey like overthrows somebody that would have been a first down. (laughs) <laughs> but it's okay, right? Because you get the field goal. But then you bring out Jake Moody and he misses like a 35, 40-yard field goal. That is like 49ers Twitter will explode after that point. That will just be the end of all of us. 
If Jake Moody though came out and like hit a 60 yard field goal at Heinz field to win the game, that would be like best pick ever. It would be right there would already be make his pick worth it. Like if he were to do that and win you a game, it's already like pick worth it. Fine. Well, you know what that's going to be? That's going to be all of a sudden, then you're never going to be able to find anyone that hated the Moody pick. Everyone's going to say, see, I told you, I love the pick at the time. There's going to be all, it's going to be all revisionist history. Uh, I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold my opinions and say it was a bad pick. And that's fine. And I always said I had no problem with it. That's my official Jake Moody position. I didn't love it, but they did need a kicker. Kickers do score a lot of points. It was basically a fourth round pick anyway. So traded for a kicker. Yeah, but he traded already for Zane Gonzalez. Why do you need multiple kickers? Then why even trade for you can't keep two kickers on a team. So what are you going to do? You got to cut one of them. And I guess now you have to cut Zane after you just traded for him. It was like that was really weird. Like, uh, because from the second Moody got drafted, they were all just talking about him like he's the starter. Like Zane Gonzalez has got to be like, well, what the hell, man? I can understand. Yeah, like, if why'd you trade confused. for me? I'm so confused. Now I don't. I, what did they give up for him? I don't even. It remember. was like a seventh round. It was nothing. It's still the point. Like, why even do it? Why even waste right, his minutes? Con- like he moved. He had to move from Carolina <laughs> to San Francisco. Like that's messing with someone's life for no damn reason. I would be so pissed. So they gave up a conditional seventh round pick in 2025. So not even next year's draft, two years from now, they really gave and up nothing And it was conditional, and I'm guessing if he doesn't make the team, they don't owe anything. Right. Imagine getting traded for nothing eventually. But it still sucks for Zane Gonzalez. And at this point, I'd be like, please cut me so I can go fine. Because clearly, there is no way you make this team. They're never going to yeah. have you make the team over a third-round kicker. Like, they just spent a third-round pick on this kicker. You're not making the team no matter how bad Jake Moody is. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter. He would have to be hideously bad or hurt, I guess, in theory, if he got hurt. That yeah. was but like you could have just signed Zane Gonzalez. It's a, it's a weird situation, but anyway, that's it's always weird with the 49ers. No matter if we're talking quarterbacks, kickers, whatever it is, it's a weird, weird situation for the 49ers. So, I agree. Week one, who's the starting quarterback? I gotta say Trey Lance because at this point, it would seem ridiculous for it not to be. Brock Purdy should not be brought back this fast. He should have time to heal. He's not even throwing a ball yet. They said he's throwing uh, a cloth, right? Like just a rat. So he's doing, yeah, he's doing the same violent motions as Kyle Shanahan put it, as all the other quarterbacks are in OTAs, except he's using a towel instead of a football. Towel. Yeah, but it's very different gripping. Like, how's your grip strength between a towel and a, like, it, it's very different. And then your accuracy and then your speed, like, it's very, very different. So, yeah, they might expect him to be back by training him, but is he throwing the ball? It's only two months away. I mean, uh, three, I guess. Close it. Two and a half. I don't know. I just I think do not push him back. And if Trey Lance, if for whatever reason they start Sam Darnold over Trey Lance, I might be. I if Sam Darnold starts week one, oh my God, I am so ready for this game. I almost want him to start week one because then I can fully be a hundred thousand percent in the Steelers and Sam Darnold can throw a hundred interceptions for all I give a crap and it would feel so good. I will say this. If you are one of those people that thinks that Sam Darnold can win the job, then you should be taking the Steelers into points like crazy right now, right? Like I would, because I don't think Sam Darnold's going to be able to do diddly poo against that Steeler defense. They would make him turn the ball over at least five times. I really believe so. It's Trey Lance well, actually, in that no. game by the third quarter. I remember the last time. I think it was the last time the Niners played the Steelers. The Niners literally did turn the ball over five times, and they still won the game because Dante Pettis caught a touchdown at the end of the game that uh, got them the victory. I think that was like was Kyle it in 2019? first. Was it 20? Okay, I can't remember. Oh, I have no I just idea. Remember, I'm just asking. I remember Kyle Juszczyk absolutely beasting Minka Fitzpatrick. It was Fitzpatrick's first game. That's what it was with the Steelers after they made the deal and juice, like flipped them over his back. It was awesome. Um, But anyway, those are my Niners. So that's why they won. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you get five turnovers and you can't win a game, that's really bad by the Steelers. That actually almost happened last year in week one. I mean, they ended up having to go to overtime against the Bengals after having mm-hmm. making Burrow turn the ball over five times and they barely squeaked by. The the 
uh, Chris Boswell missed a kick. And then the Bengals kicker, I don't know who it was, he missed a kick. And then Chris oh, Boswell yeah. got a second chance in overtime, <laughs> and he made it. Uh, but, yeah, they, the Steelers had no right to win that game, even after five turnovers. Oh, man, yeah, the Steelers were 0-3 that year. The 49ers were 3-0. and So, basically, what we figured out is the whole 49ers season, it's either going to be a massive success or a terrible disaster <laughs> after week one. We'll know everything we need to know, right? Yeah, exactly. But what is so nice is you have three very easy games. Well, I, I guess I'm being mean to the Giants, but you have three relatively easy games. And even if you lose to the Steelers, which you will, you'll still be three and one after week four. And that's great. I mean, that should be the, yeah, that three and one should be the worst case after those first four games. Let's be honest. But obviously we've got a long way to go before then. But oh I God, just, I, know. I like that's it. so sad. I'm ready. Let's out. just start it. We got rookie mini camp today, so we'll probably get some Jake Moody updates today uh, as he kicks field goals. And then the next big thing on the schedule is OTAs. Then the 22nd, I think, is the first day of OTAs for the Niners, so we'll get more Trey Lance talk and all that. And then in June is the big Brock Purdy check-in when he can start throwing a football and how is his arm and has he had any setbacks and when he does start throwing, how does his arm feel the next day? So that's the next big thing. And then in July, it's training camp again. So it's kind of crazy, but like there are fence posts here to look forward to as we go through the summer. And I love preseason. I'm like the weirdo. Yeah, you're a big that preseason, preseason person. Games. I do. I love preseason games. Well, we'll be doing fun. You get to see a bunch of players that you're excited about, hoping they make the team. And then, you know, when there's competitions between certain players, you get to see that. It's a fun time. Hey, look, to hear Kyle Shanahan tell it, Trey Lance's entire career was altered by what happened in the preseason against the Raiders, I believe it was, when he broke his finger. Kyle said that that injury lingered into the offseason last year for Trey Lance and that he still was not throwing normally up until then. And so preseason is going to matter and it's especially going to matter for Lance this year as he goes out and tries to win that job. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Become a Gold Standard YouTube channel member. Please and thank you. $2.99 a month, custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. It is well worth the $2.99 a month. Michelle, I hope you have an absolutely fabulous. I hope every weekend of yours is awesome right up until week one. And then I hope that weekend stinks for you. I hope yours are more awesome because you will be crying after <laughs> week one. That is what's going to be happening. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>